With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Ladies and gentlemen, it is showtime. Please welcome the team of the Fulhamish Podcast. It's the Fulhamish Podcast, your independent voice of Fulham FC. My name is George Cooper and welcome to the show. What a peculiar game of football last night. 3-2, three penalties, a big dose of VAR controversy and a night that had Wolves boss Gary O'Neill admit that he may finally have turned against VAR. We'll come on to that, I'm sure. Quite a few Wolf fans are absolutely incensed. Whether or not it's justified, we'll come on to, I'm sure. But joining me today is a very happy Jack Kelly. How are you doing, mate? Oh, I'm very happy. Nice to be here, George. Oh, it's nice to have you with us. I'm live from Germany, it's the return of the one and only Archie Rintart. How are you doing, mate? I'm relieved. <laughs> <laughs> I'm relieved. <laughs> Aren't we all? Oh, it's wonderful to have you with us. And the lovely Drew Heatley. How are you doing, man? Hey Coops, I'm also relieved. That's my main feeling is relief. Good man. I believe you're on the three word reviews today. What have you got for us? I am, I am. So there's quite a few good ones as you would expect after a win. Uh, Jimmy Be Good with Kearney's Ageless Masterclass, um, which I particularly like. And, and I say this often, but every time, uh, I, you know, when Kenny came off at the end of the game, I was like, said to my dad, I will grieve when he leaves. I just love him so much. Mm-hmm. Uh, we've got Mark Twomey, Mitch I would have missed, which I think we can all agree is absolutely <laughs> true. Is that four um, Would have with the apostrophe. He's, it, I was just VAR. VAR check. Sorry, go on. Yeah. <laughs> 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 Decision, three word review. Um, Kieran McGinley with William the Conqueror, because you've got to put that in when he, uh, when he pulls one out. It's mandatory. Um, Andrew Sherman with Penalty, 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 (laughs) (laughs) I really enjoy. Uh, Richard Bamba, Carlos, uh, Red Mist. I mean, I just will get onto that, I'm sure, but the the man is a bit crazy, isn't he? And just off that, Chris Gilbertson, which is not a uh, a three-word review, but I saw this and it made me laugh, is Carlos Vinicius is not good enough to be as much of an idiot as he is, which is uh, (laughs) true. And uh, finally, Aidan McGrawty with... uh, Will I pen? And I put it in because it's just so, it's so rubbish, but like it got 23 <laughs> likes and I always like, uh, you know, when somebody really has a go and it just doesn't land. So uh, there you go. There's your moment in the sun. Will I pen? Terrible. <laughs> Speaking of having a go at stuff and it not landing, how's this for you? Um, so in the words of the sugar babes, can we bring yesterday back around? <laughs> I don't know how I feel without Joao. <laughs> I can tell you how Marco is feeling. Pretty attacking. Jack, what were your thoughts when you saw the starting lineup? Oh. <laughs> Archie's face. <laughs> I go, did, 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 that, did that land? Did that land out of interest? Yes? No? no your your good, face is saying good. probably no. That was good. Don't <laughs> your face be game in trouble. <laughs> Sorry, Jack. Carry on. No, look, How did you feel the, with very you know, attacking lineup? The, the, the potential of Fulham winning without Jao Polina 
always, uh, you know, I can't even think if we, I think we won against Southampton last season without Yao Polina. We were talking about that in the pub last night. But CTC in the starting lineup was really encouraging. Um, I think Silva mentioned that he brought, uh, uh, he wanted to start him because he brings calm to the game. And I think that's basically what he did as well. And I thought he was very, very good. Starting a Wobie and Pereira gives us some sort of sign that there is more attacking intent from us. And to start Jimenez over Vinicius against his, his former team was interesting as well. And I think, you know, given the goal he scored against Aston Villa, then Jimenez probably wants to kick on. And, and I think it was right to start him. Um, obviously, Tosin was on the bench. So it was interesting that we, we kept with Bassi and Ream. Um, not really complaining about that, but we maybe we'll get on to Tim Ream a little bit later. And of course, Kenny Tete is going to have to work very, very hard to get back in this team over Castagna, who yet again put a very, very solid performance in last night. I didn't have many complaints about the team. Obviously, when we go to Liverpool, I'd like to see Paulinho back in the team because he's probably our most important player. He is our most important player. But yeah, from 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 myself, no complaints whatsoever. And and, and all 11 did very, very well when we got the three points. Mm, I thought it was a, a brilliant start, Archie. We came flying out of the blocks. We went very close. Uh, Robinson made a great... Oh, it was a Wobie, so he made a fantastic chance for Raul that just flashed across the the face of goal. Uh, and then Robinson, in turn, moments later, created a uh, brilliant goal for Awobi to open his uh, Premier League account. I mean, yeah. What did you reckon of his overall performance, Awobi? I thought it was mixed bag. He, as he often does, looked like our most sort of potent attacking outlet. But then his finishing <laughs> leaves a lot to be desired sometimes. Uh, great team on the short, uh, on the score sheet. But how did you feel of his overall performance? Yeah, I think like many players... When you have less time to think and you're just acting out of instinct, then he's better. And you could see that with the one-on-one chance. I did see Tom Kearney saying, you should have squared me the ball. But on the replay, you can see that that ball was uh, not not quite on. He would have had to play that kind of on the edge of a razor blade. Um, so, yeah. Uh, but I thought I thought Iwobi was was impressive for the most part. He brings a certain energy and physicality, and a speed that we don't have in a lot of attacking areas, and that most teams do. Um, and and to address what you were saying there as well, the intensity with which Fulham came out the blocks in the first half was really encouraging. Albeit then the drop off came, and like from seeing. For the first 10, 15 minutes, the team last season effectively and be like, oh, oh, this is where they've been. Oh, great. And then uh, kind of sinking back into themselves a bit. And I am realistic that you cannot keep up that intensity for uh, 90 minutes. It is impossible physically to do that. Yet I think game management is and has been a problem and is something to do with the balance of the side. And I think a Fulham team with a Wobi has a bit more balance to it. But uh, yeah, like for the most part was, it was just, it was, it was reassuring and refreshing to see that start to the game. Drew, I just want to talk about Wolves' equaliser. It happened very soon after we were ahead. Um, Mateus Cunha equalised header he basically turned Anthony Robinson inside out made him forget his own name pulled his shorts down and then put the ball in in your opinion was this uh, a well-worked goal 
from Wolves? Or do you think Robinson and indeed the Fulham defence need to be doing better? There were eight men in our box at the time that the ball was crossed in and there were two people unmarked on the back post. That is very worrying in my opinion. But what did what did you make? Because I was sat with my dad and he said, oh, that's just a really perfectly placed cross. He put it on his forehead. You know, sometimes those happen. But what was your what were your feelings when that goal went in? I, I mean, I, it, it it shouldn't happen, should it? Uh, you, you know that cross from uh, uh, Tukunya. You know, that happens nine. You know that happens ten times. He scores ten times because it's just on a plate. I mean, you can talk about Robinson. Yeah, he had his pants pulled down, and and that was unfortunate. But where you know the positioning all over the place in the box was absolutely mad. I mean, they had not one but two players on their own. Uh, Leno has abs obviously has no chance. He's never ever going to save that at any point. It's just an it's just just too easy, too easy. And you know you do all that hard work to, you know we're we're finding it really tough to score this season. So to get out the blocks as well like we did and score within the first ten minutes, perfect. That's exactly what we need to be doing this season is to try and get an early goal. And then to mess that up with silly defensive positioning just 15 minutes later is exactly what you shouldn't be doing, um, especially at home or anywhere, really, for that matter. Um, so it's just really frustrating. And obviously, yes, we did win, but uh, we'll get on to all the reasons why. But, you know, you shouldn't be doing that when we're struggling so much to have any bites of the cherry during a game. Uh, to give yourself the, the, the amount of time to have to score two uh, is, is, is silly. It was so bad. It was so frustrating, that goal. Just like... You, you can see the baggage that I think Robinson has been carrying from a few defensive mistakes. Same thing with Reem actually later in the game as well. Um, but it's just like the way everybody drops off uh, and it's like, okay, you may jog up to our penalty area and attempt to cross the ball in. It's like, you, you want to be difficult to get through. So I'm calling, like, if you may have heard a crack, that was me curling my toes in frustration at remembering the goal. Uh, <laughs> uh, but, but, but even the chance that Huang um, had for, for the, when he hit the crossbar, I, it was yeah. way too easy for Wolves to get through. And, and they had 10 men on the pitch at the time. Right. I, I <laughs> it's just frustrating in that last season, it felt like, you had to work to score against us. And now it feels like you kind of just have to tickle our tummies a bit. And we're like, well, okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's true that the momentum completely swung Jack. Um, from mm. really disjointed. We lack potency going forward. Our passing was really sort of wayward. And the mistakes, I mean, the bang hitting the crossbar that, that came on from Harrison Reed, I believe, who um, misplaced past. Um, mm. Reem also with a misplaced pass putting us under pressure even Bernd Leno you know Mr. Reliable at the back put us you know in a in a really tight spot are you putting it down to nerves because these mistakes seem to be happening time and time again What what is it about Fulham at the moment that we're our own worst enemy in defence because I mean Wolves are a top top side we were very very lucky not to be going down into that second half behind I think credit's got to be given to the way we've recovered situations um, obviously Leno losing the ball when Harrison Reed got caught out as well, just outside the box, we sort of recovered quite well. Bassi, I seem to remember doing really well in that situation. But yeah, it's too frequent, those sort of giveaway chances in the final third of our own making, really. And I think it's just down to the pressure of the game. The fact of the matter is we had to win that game last night, really, realistically. And maybe the pressure just got to those players. I think Leno just took way too long to sort of make a decision and then sort of fell over and Lamina was, you know, onto the ball, but luckily it was at a wider angle. So he still had a lot to do and we got numbers back, but 
Yeah, it is concerning. It's very concerning. Um, I think that, that maybe there needs to be a conversation about Tim Ream's performance and, and the fact that now that Tosin is back and maybe there is a chance to switch things up a little bit going into Liverpool and, and further games going into the calendar, um, into the Christmas calendar, Christmas period. So, I mean, it, it is concerning. Um, but, but then again, we recovered well. We didn't let our heads drop. Um, but it, it is too frequent that these things happen. And against better teams, they will punish us. You know, against Chelsea, they punished us. Against Liverpool at the weekend, if we make those mistakes, Mo Salah, Diego Jota, Nunez, they'll all put it away. And it, it's it's very concerning. But, you know, the smile's on the face because we still got the three points and, and that's something to cherish. Yeah, let's not lose sight of that fact, gents. Um, just, just on the Robinson and Ream uh, debate, Archie. So I... I Obviously, a few people um, concerned over sort of performances and um, the indeed performance last night. I will counter argument. They they had returned back from international duty uh, late last week. We've often seen with our, the first game back after an international break, especially with our American players, that there can be a bit of a kind of like latency period. I'm not saying that excuses the um, performances in any way, but. It, perhaps um may explain them i mean what what what's your take on the whole situation if you if you were marco silva how are you how are you lining up um for our next game i've had one look at fode ballo torre against ipswich and i enjoyed that look it was it, it was a very fun look um he he has wheels when when getting forward but that for me does not distinguish him really from anthony robinson and what he could offer in terms of being something different in that position. So the, the alternative to me would actually be Calvin Bassey playing there at left back. That's a position that he has way more experience playing than right center back. For example, I think Robinson should keep his place right now. I don't think he's still offering a lot going forward. I think he's just a bit confused in his mind um, at certain situations as to whether he attacks or whether he, he defends and then he does it half heartedly because he's caught in two minds and, that's a problem. I think that if Tosin is fit, then Tim Ream looks like he's the one who needs to be benched. He should have been sent off last night. He's very fortunate that he wasn't. And that would be the second time this season, albeit the one against Brentford was harsh. But I, there were, he just doesn't look as sharp as he was last season right now. And yeah, carrying this baggage of his mistakes with him as well. And if you are a professional on this level, you are going to make mistakes, but you need to be able to put them behind you very quickly. And it looks like they're swimming in one or two uh, of our players' minds a little bit too much. Um, but that's also because we're not doing enough going forward. So uh, it's it's all kind of a knock-on and domino effect around it. So yeah, I think that from, I, I would prefer to see a back four of Robinson, uh, Robinson, Bassi, uh, Tosin and Castagna. But also just to, on a defensive point, uh, that what caused us problems last night as well on two occasions, um, nearly to our demise was uh, Castagna and Bassi's communication and cooperation, um, both for when Castagna was playing the ball back to Bassi and Wolves nearly got in behind. And then also in the second half as well, when Doherty nearly scored it, I think it was 2-2 at the time. Um, that That's an issue. But again, that's an issue caused by Bassi playing out of position. I thought Bassi did pretty well for the most part last night. 
but actually he gets wrong side of Kalajic for the goal uh, for the move that is causes the penalty. Um, but yeah, and also like, I know I know it sounds like did we win this game? Did we win this game? Right for what we're talking about, but I think. This in itself shows where we're at, which is we all have eyes. We all saw last season and we saw a better standard of performance across the board last season. And I think it is natural for us to think, okay, good, we got the result, but hang on. And when we think about it, okay, we were quite fortunate actually when you you think of all the elements that were there. And when it's your club, you notice all of these little heebie-jeebie moments more than more than before and yeah you don't want to be I, I say you don't want to be many people enjoy being one-eyed about their clubs and that's okay um but i think that it's there's also a certain amount of realism of of where you set your kind of ex- expectations for the coming weeks and it's like even after that win i'm not like oh bring it on i'm like oh thank god <laughs> <laughs> It was such a weird game, wasn't it? I was, I was like, it was kind, it kind of reminded me of like a Carabao Cup fourth round tie with, with neither side really wanting to be in the Carabao Cup. Both were playing kind of like second fiddle team, but you end up having this really high scoring game because neither team wants extra time at the end of the 90. That's kind of like how it felt a little bit to me. Um, but I thought the second half was so entertaining. I mean, Drew, I would like to talk to you about Tom Kearney. Um, and in my opinion, the, the moment of the game where momentum swung back in our favour, which was that tackle on Lamina on the edge of the box to regain possession, which then, of course, uh, led to the penalty. I mean, in the ground, that was the moment where the, the crowd were back on side because it was getting a bit tense, a bit sort of tetchy, a bit kind of nervy. And then that was when, for me, anyway, it felt like it was kind of like, right, let's, let's, let's do this to take the ball by the horns. We'll come on to the penalty. Just what was your opinion on it? Penalty, not a penalty. Um, do you think it was a correct decision? Uh, yeah, I do. So just a quick word on Kearney because he's my favourite topic of uh, of conversation. You know, he's always been about moments and whether he's scoring those goals or what, he's he's always been about moments for me over the last 10, near, nearly 10 years. And, you know, he got, he could sense that the, the game was sort of a bit flaccid at that point. And he, he, he just, he laid that one on Lamina and then he won the penalty. He's like, it's, it's like he turned around and said, fuck this, this is, we need to turn this around and just like galvanise, you know, the, the cottage a little bit. And he just took it into his own hands. And that is the definition of grabbing the game by the scruff of the neck. And he did that in those 60 seconds. Um, it was a penalty, I think. Um, you know, Wolves can talk about VAR and cry about it all season long, but if they could keep, not stick stray legs out in the box so many times in one game, then maybe they wouldn't have, you know, don't put yourself in that position where there is a discussion to have. Um, I thought that uh, the first one in particular was a penalty. Um, I think I have an uneasiness about VAR when the referee makes a positive decision, i.e. he awards a penalty. You know, there's lots of criticism about uh, referees leaving decisions uh, because they've got the VAR safety net well he awarded the penalty and I always find it a bit funny where you know you're undermining the authority of the decision a little bit and of course if we're on the other side of the coin we'll be like you know you've met, you've awarded a penalty that we don't think is a penalty then of course we're going to be happy if VAR comes in and looks at that uh, but as it happens obviously they came in and it was still it was still a pen um, but for both for the decisions and and in general, like, yeah, as I say, just don't don't stick straight legs out all the time. There was loads. So pen for me. 
just on Tom Kearney, uh, I, for a guy who, since we were promoted again, has made 11 of 44 appearances uh, starting, uh, which tells you how much he has come on. I I thought what what a performance in, in the second half. I, in the first half, you didn't actually really notice him that much, but I think Marco Silva told him to get forward more to the edge of the box in the second half, and you really noticed him and his presence. And actually, we seem to have a greater control of the game in the second half because of that. And coming back to the point I made earlier about it taking players time to adjust with their mistakes. And it only seems like now he properly has a handle on the pace that he needs to move himself at in the Premier League, just with what his his actions need to be when he's when he's dribbling, for example. There was a moment where he created space for himself um, for a shot which went narrowly wide in the second half, where I would have thought before he wouldn't have necessarily had that in his locker. But he's showing that he does have that now, and just the the speed he's able to to play the ball at, and he has adjusted to that, I think is really impressive for somebody who is 32 now. And I, yeah, I'm I'm just I'm just really pleased to I I, I how can you not like him when he's not for for what he's done at, at the club, right? But there's always that kind of football part of my brain which was like, can he? And he's showing that he can, and. I hope that he has more 90 minutes in his legs because that's what we saw last night was a rare thing. <laughs> Jack, how nice was it not to see Mitro step up to fluff the penalty? <laughs> Very nice. Because <laughs> someone put it on Twitter last night. It's really funny. Mitrovic having a penalty is like 40, 60% chance that he's not going to, that he's there. So it's like 40, 60 ratio of chance to score. 40% chance, 60% chance he'll miss. Um, very, 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 very composed two penalties from Willian. I thought the second one, he made it a little bit obvious which way he was going and Jose Sartre almost got to it and that would have been disastrous. But but this is a question that is living rent-free in my head since the end of the game. When on earth was the last time Fulham won a game with a last-minute penalty? I, I genuinely can't remember a time where that's happened unless I'm being stupid. And that's Middlesbrough, Ollie yeah. Norwood, Middlesbrough oh, away. Oh, yes. I was there. Oh, yeah. I was there. I can't believe it. Yeah. <laughs> I, I thought it was years and years and years, but there we go. Um, that's increasingly a long time ago, by the way. Yeah. Yeah, no, yeah. to be fair, it was, a, it was a long time ago. It was an important goal that, you know, set us on our way to a 23 game unbeaten run. But I don't necessarily think that's going to happen here with Fulham going on a 23 game unbeaten run in the Premier League. But, it was such a big moment. Um, and I, you know what? Like Wolves can complain all they like, but it's about time we got a little bit of luck. It's about time we got some decisions go our way. Um, too, many de- too many decisions. I, I, I feel like every time we go to the cottage, we always get a penalty shout in the second half and they always get waved away. And I'm thinking that looks like a penalty to me. And I don't know whether it was because it was televised or because it was, you know, it is the Premier League and they check everything. But it just seemed like they wanted just to make sure last night that everything was in order. Was it a penalty? Was it not a penalty? I think both of them were penalties for sure. And I think we, Wolves, again, like Wolves could complain all they like. They've been really unlucky with their decisions this season, Sheffield United and and Newcastle games. But 
it's about time Fulham got the rub of the green and we needed to win the game. And, and sometimes the, the football league gods just goes, your, like they just shine upon you, shine on you. And <laughs> I don't really know where I'm going with this, but I'm so pleased with the win. <laughs> so relieved. I thought you were about to break into song the way you were going with that. <laughs> <laughs> Speaking of uh, breaking into song, Archie, you shared this on the... Uh, on the, on the chat earlier, which really made me laugh. It was Gary O'Neill's post-match comments, uh, which the brilliant football ramble have put to a sort of 80s meatloaf style power ballad. Uh, uh-huh. So the quote was, uh, you can phone me and tell me I'm wrong. You can phone me and apologize. You can send me flowers. But the difference from 22 points to 15 is huge and it damages the lives of WWFC fans. The players and my reputations and somebody making my way at a big club. But I do, I'll put the link in the description. It really did make me laugh. Excellent find that. The, the, the whole thing last night, it's like, we're, we're once again, we're pulling apart all of these different challenges. For me, before, the, before VAR, they're both, they're both goals. All, let's talk about all three VAR decisions. They're all three are penalties five mm. years ago, 10 years ago. And they were all given tonight after reviewing like in real time they're all penalties and 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 in slow motion for me they're all penalties it's it is a biased thing because it, it, i think it might be for me i'm 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 there to admit that but like they just they look like penalties whether they're slowed down or not and there's that you know that thing of uh, some some French commentator said, or somebody in the game in France said, even when it's slowed down, even a even a pet can look like making love. And you know, uh, <laughs> I I really enjoy it. But like that's what we're doing now. We're looking at all of these different this these things in slow motion, and people are criticizing Wilson for playing for the pen or whatever. People have been doing this since the beginning of time. Let's not forget yeah, what the game is that thing. we all watch and we all love. Like, of course, he's going to play for the penalty. That's football. And everybody does it. Wolves should probably get better at it. They didn't have to be better at it yesterday because Tim Ream, you know, cleansed uh, cleansed their player. So you know, there's, <laughs> that was uh, you didn't need VAR for that, but they still used it. I don't know. It just feels like the as Archie said, we all have eyes, and we, you know, in real time, they all were pens and slowed down. They were pens, and they were all given. So you know, case closed. Oh, my tombstone, please. Yeah. <laughs> I agree also, in isolation I don't think there's any one decision that uh, like ha- was made last night that is in isolation that remarkable or unfair you know like yeah. the accumulation maybe you can see why it's irritated Wolves fans but oh, I, I think come on get oh, on with it mate like uh, my, hearing, my hearing the Gary O'Neill post-match interview I do really like Gary O'Neill interview. sorry George Hearing the Gary O'Neill post-match interview, where he's like, "I've been in, I've been in to talk with the ref," and you know, I was using this tone. I, I was like, "You've still been in to talk to the ref, so don't make it out like you're an angel." First of all, and then with that whole spiel as well, like, where's he's putting my reputation up pretty high in the list there? Like, (laughs) like, Parker-esque, Parker-esque. What a oh, what a great guy. Just not quite you, you know sold, what? actually. Um, Ike, going on to Monday Night Football to show how smart you are after you beat your old team as well a few weeks ago. Uh-huh. I'm like, <laughs> I, I, I think I think class looks different. Just saying. That's very true. Very. No, you know what? There's a point here. Look, Gary O'Neill. 
there's a lot of easy ways to compare him to someone like Scott Parker, you know, quite earnest, you know, English manager, you know, media darling. But the times I've been in press conferences with, with, with Gary Neal, he comes across incredibly well and actually like quite likable. And I can understand his frustration because he's essentially saying that the incompetence of referees is going to cost me my job. And this is a guy who's not a you know experienced manager. He he's he's got his this is his second job in the Premier League. He kept Bournemouth up and somehow got sacked so harsh. He's then taken on Wolves with what like five games before the beginning of the season. He's beaten Man City and he's beaten Spurs, and he has been shafted maybe not last night, but he has been shafted by a lot of decisions. So I can completely understand where he's coming from because he's basically having to rely on referees to make good decisions in order to sort of keep him in the job or, or keep Wolves afloat. And Wolves are lucky in the situation where, where anyone's lucky in the situation where the season is so different, where where there's so many teams on a poor amount of points that teams like us and maybe like Wolves, I think Wolves are a very good team actually, will get away with staying up on less points and maybe not very good performances because there are three or four teams that are just struggling to pick up points at the moment. But to go back to my original point, I think that Gary O'Neill, yes, he's complained every week, and but he has a right to. And, and any manager who comes out of a game of high pressure and, and high uh, sort of big decisions and then gets, you know, a microphone under Put, put to them, you know, 10 minutes after the game, they're going to say what's on their mind without trying to get too, too much too much trouble. Marco would do the same. Pep would do the same. Klopp would do the same. Uh, but yeah, I, I, I do feel for him, but also I'm, I'm pleased we won, obviously. <laughs> it's very easy to get swept up in your own narrative. I think, you know, the season started with the Onana punch at Old Trafford and whatever. And, yeah. But that's not to say that every VAR decision that you're involved in is going to add to that narrative. You're going to be involved in and some of them were wrong. We can all see that. You've got, you know, Apology FC, they're top of the top of the apology table. Doesn't mean uh, that they're all going to be wrong. And last night they weren't wrong. And I think they're just getting swept up in their own narrative a little bit. Mm, yeah, I, I would have to agree with you there, Drew. Uh, did anyone see this Vinicius headbutt, by the way? Because I completely no. missed it. And then I yeah, like, yeah. <laughs> looked in all of the highlights to try and find it. Oh, like mm. the way that it's being covered on Twitter, you'd think that he'd have just straight up zadanned him. But I, I have seen I it. I don't know. No, no, no. George, he... Oh, my God. Uh, my, my frustration is not at you my frustration is not at you my frustration is that Vinicius is doing a very passable impression of Begbie from train spotting in that <laughs> anybody touches him on the shoulder and he's like you want to go and I'm like fella what are you doing he is he is extraordinarily lucky that Kilman has not gone down I mean it's it's 2-2 at the time why would he I guess uh, I mean, many wouldn't think like that. Vinicius needs to sort himself out. I, and I can't imagine that the coaching staff are not saying stuff to him, but I, we have one, if he's out, we have one striker with, with Rodrigo out as well. So it's like the guy is, is a loose cannon, a loose cannon who I love and will forever love for that goal against Chelsea. But the point stands a loose cannon and I, he is he's way too easily wound up. Like the people, the people who were always telling us, well, Mitro, you know, he's gonna get sent off. And boy did he then did boy boy did he get sent off eventually. But this is another level because he just looks 
like he's just kind of this tightly wound coil that is ready to go bang at any because coils are running for going bang um, at any point. <laughs> I mean, yeah, I can argue a- Mitro played with that side to his game, but he, uh, with a few notable exceptions, uh, quarterfinal against Manchester United, generally was on the right side of you know that ha- ha- harnessing that aggression, whereas. Yeah, Vinny, I think it's only a matter of time before he costs us big. Is is the what yeah. I kind of took from it? It, it goes back to it goes back to what, that that tweet that I read out earlier from Chris Gilson. He's not he's far he's not good enough to be act to act like such an idiot. Like <laughs> you know, Mitro lived on the edge, uh, but uh-huh. he delivered and it worked for him. Vinicius isn't doing it. Like you know, you've got Raul who's not who can't hit a, ba- a, a, a bandol with a banjo. You have got Vinicius who's getting wound up and you know you know, nutting people like when, when, when they swap one for the other, I'm just so fed up now. I, I thought to myself, it's just like swapping beavers for butthead at this point. We haven't got, <laughs> we haven't got anyone who's got that required level up top uh-huh. and it's just getting really, really annoying. Yeah. Beavers for it's, butthead. It's really worrying because this is now, I think the third time that Vinicius has done something like this yeah. and got away with it. Obviously, the referee saw it and gave him a yellow card, but I think there was like an elbow in the Chelsea game and there was something else in another game, Luton or or Sheffield United, I can't quite remember. But um, what's his problem? What, what, why is he getting... And it was so innocuous. It was like, it wasn't like anything had happened. He fell to the ground under, I don't know, was it a challenge? Or, I don't know. And he got up like he'd just, like he'd just been kicked in the shin or, or like someone just tried to two-foot him. And the reason he doesn't get sent off is because Max Kilman great name ironically for the situation like doesn't doesn't actually make anything of 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 the whole thing he basically just goes oh you just you've just headbutted me if he'd have gone down rolling and holding his you know nose and var would be checking for a potential red card i know var did check it but there was contact there with the heads and it just would have been so dumb if we had gone three two up actually what was it no it was two two wasn't it at the yeah. time um it might not even happened like if he'd got sent off that penalty might not even have have happened we would have been down to 10 we would have been under the cosh but just watch yourself just watch yourself Vinny there's, there's no need to do that at all his yeah. card's marked and he's and he's he's uh, he's not good enough to get away with you know having extra scrutiny on him so it's a shame because now now he, his card is marked the thing is that mm. if, we, if we take into account all the penalty decisions and we and we say you know how much that that, that has annoyed Wolves Gary O'Neill etc and, and you think about the Vinicius decision and it just makes me think, God, I enjoy this win all that much more. I love, I yeah. love wins. I love wins so much when the opposition are really griping at it after. Like, do you know how much that enhances the feeling? Like the feeling that I walk around with in the evening, mm. the day after it is, oh, it's, <laughs> you know, it is very yeah. much vein pumping Injector. stuff, like completely, yeah. <laughs> completely. So, like, I, I think let, let's not lose sight of that. Obviously, it's annoying when it happens to us, but you have to enjoy it when it goes for you. And I think this is very much one of those situations. Yeah, beautiful point to end part one on. The win puts us ten points and arm's length away from the drop zone. So let's let's savour in that and enjoy it until uh, until the Liverpool match at, at the very least. Don't go anywhere. Uh, we'll be back with some of your listener questions in part two.
Hello, it's Sammy here, and this episode of Fulhamish is supported by NordVPN. Now, NordVPN is a way of watching sporting events, TV shows, and films which aren't available where you are by switching your virtual location of your phone, tablet, or laptop to a country which is particularly perfect for those 3 p.m. kickoffs which aren't televised in the UK. And right now, you can get an exclusive discount by going to nordvpn.com Fulhamish. Not only will you benefit from their already huge discount, but you'll also get an extra four months for free. You can use one account on up to six devices. Also, it's completely no risk thanks to Nord's 30-day money-back guarantee. So to get that special rate plus four free months, go to nordvpn.com slash Fulhamish or hit the link in the description of this podcast. Welcome back. It's the Fulhamish podcast. George here and I'm joined by Jack Kelly, Archie Rinsup and Drew Heatley. Drew, this one's for you. This is from Fulham Fanbase. Uh, while it's a good win, what would you say about our ability to go forward in open play? Always felt without the penalties, the Wolves were more likely to nick it. Do you agree with uh, with this point? Um, I, I think we actually did enough last night to win regardless of the penalties. Um, I thought, um, you know, we yes, our, our goal, our creation uh, or lack of creative power this term has been well documented. But I think last night we were um, much better. I thought uh, Iwobi, you know, is finishing perhaps not, some, sometimes left a lot to be desired. But I think wherever we've used him this term, he's provided that spark. And I quite liked him out there, especially in the early goings. So I think uh, I think last night we certainly had enough to take us over the line. Um but obviously, yeah. In, in general, it's we're still trying to find that that right that, that right balance. And uh, you know, we were talk, uh, somebody mentioned a couple of weeks ago that I think um, I think it was Peter actually on the Thursday club that Marco seems to be playing Willian into form um, in terms, you know, just keep playing playing him and hoping that he comes good. And I think maybe last night could provide the little spark that he needs um, because it looks like he's got that position locked down. And you know, Wilson again when he came on added a bit more of a spark. So I think I think there's there's green shoots of hope, I think, in terms of uh, creating things from open play. I think we need to use Wilson from the start. Um, and I know I've talked about Wavy on the wing. I quite liked him, but there's so many places where he can have an impact. I'd have him in the 10 and, and take Pereira out of the team. I still don't think Pereira's had enough of an impact this term. Um through through some you know we've talked about his return from injury and being flogged like you know flogged constantly and you know give him a little break i think there's there's the combination uh just needs to be uh struck but i think that we're seeing now what 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 that combination could be and that might be willie and wilson and 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 away being the 10 perhaps mm, i agree harry wilson really did look good when he came on interestingly despite everything that you may have read about fulham being lucky uh, and RXG, if, you, if you're into that kind of thing, we were at 3.06 and Wolves were at 1.54. Make it I know sound like it's a top massive. shelf magazine kind of thing. <laughs> <laughs> For, to, to many many people view it with that kind of level of, uh, you know, disdain and, and what have you. So it's, I have to, <laughs> I have to expect Um <laughs> Yeah, as I said, I know penalties massively skew that, but I thought that was quite interesting. I thought that Awobi chance was as good as a penalty. He literally had like the whole goal to aim at. He had so many different options there, but, you know, uh, I think you raised some uh, valid points there, Drew. We had obviously a lot of questions uh, about Vinicius that I think we uh, we covered in part one. Uh, Jack, this one's from Sam. Thoughts on whether we keep Kearney in for Liverpool on Sunday? Uh, he thought he was the best player on the pitch. Although, will he suit a game to Liverpool where we don't see as much of the ball? What do you reckon? Um, oh, it's interesting, isn't it? I think, am I right in saying that Kearney started at Anfield last season? 
seem to remember he did. He definitely played some sort of part in it. Um, I think it's quite obvious that Zhao Pena comes back into the team, you know, he regardless did. of anything. Um, he did start, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, because I remember him being pretty decent that night. I thought Fulham actually were very good that night, actually, and I thought we were quite unlucky with, you know, Diop giving away that penalty that just wasn't a penalty. So that's what I'm saying. Like, you know, we're, we're due a bit of luck, even though that was back in April last last season. Anyway, um, does Kenny keep his place? Mm, yeah, because you know what? When you get a man of the match performance like that, I know it's not the game necessarily that Tom Kenny's going to get on the ball and sort of we're going to dominate the ball and he can bring that assurance, calm sort of presence to the team. But I'd, I'd play maybe Paulinho... Kearney and then maybe a Wobi ahead of Pereira in, in, in the 10 and, and then have, you know, two out wide and, and a striker. Um, Kearney last night put in a really good tackle just before we won the penalty. Uh, was it the first or the second penalty? It might have been the first penalty. Crunching tackle on, I think, maybe Mario Lamina. Uh, and, and he's got that side to that game, to his game, you know, you know, he could take a player out. You know, some people have always been like, oh, Kenny's quite soft. He doesn't really want to get involved in the challenge. Kenny loves a challenge. We've seen that now last night. We've seen it previously with Fulham. But to answer your question in a very long-winded way, I would start Kenny against Liverpool and keep him in the team for for now. Mm. Uh, on the subject of rotation for ahead of the Liverpool game, um, Isla says, another tough day at the office for Jedi. Does Tese come back in at right back and move Cassania over to the left? Uh, I know Archie mentioned earlier about perhaps playing, giving Bassi a go on the left. Um, Drew, do you think there's anything in this or do we keep keep on with Jedi, which I think we kind of uh, touched upon earlier? Um, well, I no, I, I think uh, for whatever faults that Robinson's had this term, I don't, I don't like swapping fullbacks over if we can avoid it. Um, you know, call me old fashioned. I don't really want Foto Balatore starting in front of him because he's not going to be here next term. But that you know that doesn't address the issues like you know some I think Dom's made the point a few times that maybe Robinson's too comfortable because he knows that there's not much competition for his place I don't buy that because he's professional but I don't know there's too many sort of uh, errors going on in his game this term but you know same with most players in the side um so to answer your question I don't think we should do that I don't know what the actual answer is but um I would avoid swapping fullbacks around if we could I hadn't thought about the uh, Castagna option at left back. That that that's a possibility, um, but I I I just see one of my favourite sights is seeing Anthony Robinson gallop down the left wing um, on 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 those runs. And yeah, it's just sadly there's a price to pay for it right now. <laughs> uh, it's like a toll. <laughs> Um, so, uh, yeah, hmm. I'd still, I'd still stick with him just because not many can cope with that physicality that he has. Um, and he just needs to get his head straight. And I think, yeah, he'll be back on it. I, th- you know, there's elements of his game that he's improved. I think actually, like last season, I thought his judgment of headers whenever a cross came in was not great. Uh, but that has that has got a bit better this season, um, to my eye. But yeah, uh, I would I would stick with him for now. There are going to be lots of games coming up, so players will get chances. Uh, but yeah, and I mean, particularly with back to back home games, Forest and West Ham, where you would back us to get more points out of that than the Liverpool away game. Let's see. For now, team. 
Jedi. George asks, were you surprised to see William take the ball for the penalties, Archie? Um, we've got, we, we had quite a few players on the pitch that could, I could argue, when I mean, we've had this discussion last year when Mitro was going through his, um, what's the opposite of purple patch? <laughs> Brown patch <laughs> in front of God <laughs> for, um, for taking pens. Uh, Andreas Ferreira, I seem to, uh, I seem to understand is, is pretty good at the spot. Raul Jimenez, um, the guy who sat next to me said that he hadn't missed a penalty in like 32 or something crazy for both club and country. Cause he used to take for Wolves prior to his accident. Um, I mean, were you surprised when you saw William take the ball or was there anyone that you thought you would have rather have seen? I mean, it's hard to say rather have seen cause he obviously scored them both, but who would you have gone for? Before the first penalty, I was relieved when I saw him pick up the ball. Before the second penalty, I was scared because of the situation we were in. I He scored them. Therefore, I shall play Captain Hindsight here and say it was a very good decision. I, I read on the BBC that Willian has scored all seven of his Premier League penalties. Only Yaya, Yaya Torre uh, with 11 from 11, Berbatov with 9 from 9, and Ruben Neves with 8 from 8 have a better, have better 100% penalty record in the competition's history. So... <laughs> Marco's done his research. Uh, well done, Marco. That's your job. You've earned your paycheck. Nice work. <laughs> sort of begs the question, uh, which Phil Philip Whitaker alluded to, is that where would we have finished last year had William been on penalties? I do actually know the answer to this because, uh, again, our, our lovely producer Dan Crook did some digging. But just, if you had to guess, right? So assuming, of course, that William scored all of the penalties that were missed by... Um, Mitrovic, where do you think we would have finished in the table? Wolves away um, was one. That's two points gained. One against, well, well I mean, if he scored against United, that would have been 2 0 up, but we don't really know what happens from there. I assume we go on to win the game because United weren't very good back then. We <laughs> no, still no, lost no, the no. game. No, no, no. How many times have we taken the lead at Manchester United over the years and yeah, still we've not won that? Yeah, but if we'd have gone 2 0 up, on the last day with an FA Cup final on the horizon for United, I think they would have just sacked it off and we would have just gone on to win. Jack, I'd like a dose <laughs> of your optimism. I'm well uh, with <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. Where, where would we have I finished? reckon it's exactly the same and it's a trick question. Yeah. <laughs> uh, you've, seen, you've seen right through me. Um, yeah, no, it's, it's pretty much. So Dan both did some research, as did Elizabeth. Dan calculated that there would be a um, an additional four points in the league um, and we finished seven behind Brentford and then Elizabeth calculated Ooh. that it could have been a five points. Uh, Elizabeth Barnard. No, 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 not, um, not that. I'm, I'm, I'm obviously not saying <laughs> who to her. I'm obviously not saying who to her. <laughs> who? You know who I'm saying who to. You know. What team, did I say, sir? The team that plays at oh, that, um, that B&Q looking thing. Um, at the garden centre um, I, I, I can't, I can't think of them no yeah so the answer is uh, after all that rigmarole uh, we would have finished in exactly the same spot but it was a fun conversation wasn't it we would have we um, would have beat our points record though that would that would have been it that would have been the sweet yeah, spot that would have been the sweet spot oh well uh, what can you do so just just to summarise how are we feeling now I feel like that win going into it we were all I mean I was certainly just so nerve, um, so wracked with nerves because if you lose that going into the Christmas break, then all of a sudden it's like, you know, we're staring the the bottom three um, in the face. But now with that 10 point cushion, it just feels so much, you know, the, the, the weight has been lifted 
Do you feel, or is this a dangerous position to be in, Archie? I'm laughing because, like, you know, we've reached nearly the end of an hour here. And you've asked, how, how are we feeling? And I'm like, God, I'm, I'm back in uh, therapy. This is great. Um, uh, <laughs> <laughs> it has felt therapy. Um, every Fulhamish is, is, this season has been, been like this. <laughs> I'm, yeah, I, I can breathe out a bit. You know, I'm just, it, it was a bit wearing last night. And I found that on, on my sofa watching the game, I couldn't celebrate the goals with much vim and vigor for numbers of one and two because I was like, there's way too long left in this game right uh-huh. now. Uh, so, yeah, look, we should be fine. But that doesn't stop us as fans wanting a bit more from the club. And like, it's just, if I consider where, where we were a while back, where, you know, it was difficult to have a real affinity with, with many players just because there was such a great turnover of them. And you think of, my voice is going here. Um, if you think of the, um, like the stability that is now there in comparison and, you know, still being able to watch Tom Kearney in a Fulham shirt and perform. Yeah. I, I'm 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 in a I'm in a I'm in a good mood after last night, and let's see how how we uh, can uh, turn that round in the next few weeks. <laughs> yours, yours, the eternal pessimist. <laughs> I think we're we're seeing the season play out exactly how we've said it was going to from from August, right? You know, there uh, there are. Uh, enough teams below us that are worse than us uh, so we'll see we'll stay up whether whether it's for our own sort of uh, industry and our, on our own steam or not we will stay up because there are worse teams than us in the league there will be a comfortable sort of gap between us um, but like as I said the other week on the pod you know this December is feels season defining still uh, because mm. of the, the the density of the games up until Christmas we can put ourselves you know out of the conversation by Burnley, by the full time at Burnley, if we if we play our cards right and we and we we play the games right, um, or we can we can still be chatted about in that group. Either way, I still think the end result will be the same. I still think we'll stay up, but I'd much rather be uh, not talked about and sat comfortably ensconced in uh, in in mid table, to be honest. But uh, we'll, we'll soon find out because uh, those games are coming thick and fast. This season for me has been really interesting because. Yes, it's all nice being in the Premier League and it's, you know, it's good to be here and best competition in the world. But I'm, I've, I've lacked excitement. And I think it's really funny because me and my brother always talk about no Mitro for Fulham means boring Fulham. Um, we find it very boring when Mitrovic is not on the pitch. And obviously Mitrovic is now not here. And I just, that fire in my belly, you know, I don't know, Mitro's on fire, whatever. Um, it, like, I don't have it for this season. Uh, and obviously we haven't scored enough goals um, so I think that January is really important to maybe revitalize that excitement by signing a couple of players. It's really going to get us going as fans. And I mean, if, if we went to Liverpool on Sunday and got a point or a win, like incredibly, I mean, we've done it before through Mario Lamina, but that would be huge. And I think that the, the problem I had last night was we've just scored a last minute winner in the last minute. And from what I saw on telly, you know, Whatever the limbs were absolutely horrendous. I mean, whether it was people filming on their phones or just not enough hardcore Fulham fans down the down behind the 
behind the goal. I mean, you compare it to last season when Manuel Solomon whipped that one in against Wolves, the Hamian went berserk, absolutely crazy. But penalty limbs, you know, penalty limbs aren't great. But for a last minute winner, it was it was poor. And I, 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 I've sort of made like two different points here, but let's get the fire back in the belly by signing a couple of decent players and, and going to Anfield and upsetting the apple cart. I'd just say, I realise this could still be a memorable season. Yeah. We're in the League Cup quarterfinals, which is which is weird. I I, I love I love the weirdness, but like a cup final is not far away. So I'll take a cup exactly. final plus, let's say, beating a big fish. I would like to beat a big fish mm. again. Um, mm. Whoever whoever that may be, preferably a blue big fish. But a big fish, <laughs> nevertheless, um, I don't think would be um, is 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 out of the question. So, yes, that that that's what I would like for Christmas, Santa. I mean, there's a chance <laughs> we get Chelsea in a two-legged tie in a semi-final in, in the Carabao Cup, and we play them another two times this season. We go to the Bridge, and if we were to get to the final in those circumstances, I I think there would be too much fire in the belly where I would spontaneously combust. <laughs> <laughs> Like the morning after one of your many curry nights. <laughs> perhaps. Perhaps a madras or two as well to go alongside it. Careful what you wish for, Jack Kelly. Right. On that note, Drew, would you like to uh, pick a three-word review? <laughs> to, yes, uh, I to, uh, would. the podcast. Thank you. like to pick a three-word review for you. <laughs> 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 And I would like to name it penalty, 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 because there were three penalties in the game, but mostly it was literally how I felt twice. It just sums it up. I love it. It was funny. Well done, Andrew Sherman. Well done, Andrew Sherman. Well, all that's left for me to do is uh, thank my lovely guests uh, live from Germany. Thanks so much for joining us, Archie. Thank you, Coops. Thank you, Jack. Thank you, Drew. Good fun. Thank you, Jack. Pleasure as always. Oh, what a pleasure that was. Thank you. <laughs> yeah, celebrating a win. And until next time, I'm sure it'll be very soon. Uh, thank you very much, Drew Heatley. Cheers, Coops. Can everybody just stop moaning? We won. We won. <laughs> <laughs> but until next time, uh, thank you very much for listening. Hope you have a wonderful week. Keep your eyes on our feed. Sammy will be back with a Thursday club later in the week. But until then, um, yeah. Rev enjoy in soak in the victory. We'll see you next time. Coming you whites. Right.